The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW Dynamite. Getting you ready for Blood and Guts next Wednesday. Obviously, the showdown between the Pinnacle and Inner Circle. And who better to talk about that matchup coming up next week than the legendary Chris Jericho, all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, next week for AEW Dynamite, we're getting blood and guts between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. What did you think about the face-off between the two teams last night on Dynamite? I think I probably thought the same thing as you did it was one hell of a piece of business first of all i love the way it started off with sean spears finally talking with which proves to me one thing they listen spears (laughs) (laughs) spears did a great job with the microphone sammy then proceeded to cut his balls off so sammy did a great job and then FTR did a great job, and LAX did a great job, and and then we brought it home with um, MJF and Jericho. Before I get into MJF and Jericho, the thing about all of the other guys who were speaking is I finally believed in them. I believed the BS that they were all slinging. I really believed FTR when they looked at um, uh, LAX and told them, you better not bring this version of yourself because if it's this version of yourself, you're just about done. Um, And then obviously we bring it home with MJF and Jericho. And here's the main point, and we're going to get into this a little bit with Chris later on. When you get to Chris Jericho's level in the wrestling business, who do you have to make you better, Dave? What veteran does Chris Jericho look to to make him a better performer? There, there isn't. J- Chris Jericho is that veteran. Right now is something uh, is a unique situation. Chris Jericho has a 24-year-old punk-ass kid pointing a 357 Magnum right between his eyes every single week with that microphone. He's daring Chris to be better than him. And Chris is stepping up. This goes back to the Austin conversation. 
Everybody needs somebody. Steve Austin needed Vince McMahon. And at this stage of the game, a guy like Chris Jericho, who has done it all, who needs to continue to up his game if we want to see him at the next level, needs somebody also. And that somebody is MJF. I was shocked that Jericho was able... When Jericho's promo started last night and he called MJF a prick, I was like, oh, no. He's going to resort to name-calling, and he shouldn't as the the babyface of the moment. But as it went on and it got better, I thought he drove it home. I thought it was a home run from both teams. And as I put up on my social media, sell, sell, sell. And when you're done selling, sell some more. And they sold me on that match last night. I know it's free next week on on Dynamite, but if that was a pay-per-view, I'd say take my money. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to next week. I can't wait, actually, after what I saw last night. And we talked about it in depth last week, Bully. MJF had one of his best promos he's ever had on Dynamite. And Chris Jericho followed it up with... You know, Chris Jericho kind of playing the hits, you know, trying to play up to the crowd, the chant-alongs, the sing-alongs, and it fell flat and it did not work. When you have somebody like MJF come at you, like you said, with his arsenal like he did last night, and Jericho just tries to play along and keep up, it does not work. Last night, MJF had a home run. In his promo, and I thought Chris Jericho had a grand slam with his promo. And that's what was needed, especially, once again, Jericho following up. And I'm so glad that it was MJF that went first and Jericho followed it. Because I think you needed that after what happened last week. Why? I just felt he needed that rebuttal. I felt that that rebuttal was needed. Because I said it last week, Bully, and you you corrected me. I said, boy, I wish Jericho would have went first and then MJF followed him. And, and you said it. No, Dave, you're wrong. But, but, but Bully, it didn't come off good. It would have been even worse, you said, if it was the complete opposite. And I, you know what? After watch, watching what I saw last night, I completely believe you. Great job by Chris Jericho. And now it means more. Why? I'm taking it serious because Jericho is taking it serious. Nah, very good, my young Padawan. Um, and you're not a Star Wars mark, so that just means... What is like, a Padawan, anyway? Is that like one of those paddle boats? I, I'm, move, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. What did you say? Paddle boat. Padawan. It's like a young boy. What? Oh, okay. You old fuck. <laughs> I, did you see the... <laughs> did you see uh, when they were advertising um, the, 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 the blood and guts cage? Did you see the cage in the background? Like the mock-up? It looks like a War Games cage yes. meets meets um, Hell in a Cell. Looked pretty cool. It, it did look cool. It actually looked very, very cool. And I love the rules. I think it's going to be one hell of a match. And this was the match, not exactly the same way, not exactly the same contestants, but that Blood and Guts was supposed to be in Newark, New Jersey last year like in March and then the pandemic hit. And it's unfortunate because I would have loved to have seen, you know, 20,000 fans going absolutely nuts for this match. But the way things are, I'm very, very interested because like you said, this isn't a pay-per-view. This is an AEW dynamite. The fact that we're getting this for free, I think is a huge plus for fans, Bully. How did you feel about Sammy Guevara basically... 
Spears did a good job on the mic, but once Sammy went at him with what he said, he completely emasculated Sean Spears. What did you think of that? Well, it's so funny because I did tweet out about Sean Spears talking, and uh, I thought it was a really good promo. I, I hit send just as he was finishing up, and then Sammy Guevara dropped a grenade on Sean Spears. I'm fine with it. I have no problem with it. That's what Sammy Guevara should be doing to Sean Spears. I think it's just a win for Sean Spears because he started it and he actually spoke into the microphone and they gave him a good amount of time to speak to. Sammy, again, home run by Sean Spears, grand slam by Sammy Guevara. Um, I think Sammy might have been talking a little bit too much of the truth. I believe that Sean Spears is in quicksand, and my quicksand theory in pro wrestling is once you're you know, in that quicksand, it's very hard to get you out. And I think after Sammy spoke, I think Sean's, Sean slipped a little bit because it was so much brutal honesty and truth. I think they just reminded the people that Basically, what Guevara said was you were a nobody in WWE and you were only somebody here for because Cody needed somebody. And then you went right back on the back burner. Sean Spears needs to beat the bloody hell out of Sammy Guevara in that cage. I really does. He needs to he needs to zero in on Sammy and take it to him. When Tillamook Ice Cream beckons you to the freezer aisle, which irresistibly creamy flavor do you choose? While you're thinking, try not to fuck up the glass. Tillamook Ice Cream. Extraordinary dairy. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Last night was supposed to be about, supposed to be about who was going to get the advantage. But before they were even able to get that opportunity, the, the pinnacle baited the inner circle. They got the advantage. The only one who didn't take the bait was the veteran and Chris Jericho. Because Chris Jericho said to MJF, you have to earn it. You want my spot? You want this crown? You're going to have to earn it. It really showed where they are and showed the maturity level. Sammy Guevara, who's young, who's inexperienced in a lot of ways, who's just starting his career, he took the bait. I'll take the He went purely by emotion. I'm taking the disadvantage. Jericho's the one that's like, wait a second. You have to earn it. You want this spot? You're going to have to earn it. It's amazing hearing the maturity level of the inner circle, but it's even more amazing. We'll talk about this with Chris at 11.30 a.m. when Chris Jericho joins us. The maturity level of MJF. It's, it's, it's really a beautiful story that those two factions are telling right now on Dynamite. With Jericho, <clears throat> the earning of the spot is also a major point because I believe there's a, an underlying message there. There's this belief in pro wrestling, and this has been going on now for, I don't know, 10, 10 15 years, that when you get to a certain age, you should not be involved anymore. Somehow the WWE turned this into a young man and woman industry about 10 or 15 years ago. And if you were of a certain age, unless you were a major star, you were old and washed up and couldn't do this anymore. Jericho's 50. Is there any reason why Chris Jericho should give up his spot just because MJF is 24? Of course not. But And really quick, Bully, before you move on, I just have to make one correction of what you said. He said about when you reach a certain age in the WWE, you're washed up and they don't want to use you anymore until it comes to a major show, until it comes to a sure. WrestleMania, because that's when they always go back to the stars from 20 to 25 years ago. I mean, the history shows that. Not so. because they want to, because they have to, because they yes. can't get anybody over. Because they can't get anybody over. Because you know why? Because instead of ha building up a story with a young talent, and let's just use that as an example, a Jeff Hardy in a major pay-per-view or a major angle, they just use to they just choose to have Jeff Hardy lose randomly on a on a Raw or a SmackDown. Instead of building it up into something major where here's this future Hall of Famer and a younger talent. That's how you get somebody over. You're not going to get somebody over if you continuously have these future Hall of Famers lose on a week-to-week -week basis on Raw and SmackDown. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's totally fine because it's a good point. And if MJF can strike <clears throat> Jericho down, then he becomes the head Sith. And that's and, and I know I always go back to Star Wars stuff, but you know if you want to become the top Sith in the galaxy, you have to strike down the top Sith in the galaxy. That's that top Sith is not giving up his spot just because you're the newer, younger Sith on the block. Jericho's not giving up his top guy position just because MJF is so damn good and probably better than Chris Jericho at 24 years old than Chris Jericho was at 24 years old. Nope. You want it? Come take it. And that's the pro wrestling business that I like. <clears throat> if I'm 50 
and I'm still as over as I've ever been, I'm not getting out of anybody's way. I'm going to continue to do it at this level as long as I can continue to do it at this level. And oh, by the way, punk ass, if you think you're better than me and you know it, come take it. I have always been a big believer, uh, especially when me and Devon were, were, were teaming together. And as we got up in years, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years together with all these younger tag teams, we were very willing to do business with every younger tag team. But if you think you could take our spot, you better take it from us. You better beat us up, blow us up, stretch us, expose us, and prove to the world that you deserved to be the top tag team in the world. Yep. Nobody did that. Nobody. We went out on our own. My point is, I love the underlying story and tone of, if you want my spot, you better take my spot. I mean, bully, it's simple. I mean, that, you know, if, I mean, any good story is going to have that element. The young upstart, and, and man, you can't get any younger than fucking MJF. I mean, 24-year-old guy for crying out loud. And, he, and, and he's one of the must-see characters on your show. And Chris Jericho is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a legend. My God. Uh, you know, going into WrestleMania weekend, maybe even more than some of the matches we were going to see, was that sit-down interview he was going to have with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Think about that for a second. So this is the logical story to tell. Because Chris Jericho, how much longer does he have? He's got the top spot. Is he barely hanging on to that top spot? I don't know. But you got the young upstart, and why would you want to end that on Wednesday? And I'm 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 sure that this is not the end of the story. This is just another chapter in the book that's MJF and Chris Jericho. When Jericho and, and MJF were doing that skit stuff or the you know the the tongue in cheek, I like you, I no, I like you more stuff, that was all good. They were just kind of they were getting through together. I love this dynamic so much more because the young brash heel is pointing the gun at the head of the uh, of the wily old veteran. And as I said at the top of the show, I believe MJF is making Chris Jericho a better performer. Jericho knows how good MJF is on the sick. Now, whether Chris wants to admit this, whether he's on the air with us or not, is a whole different story because wrestlers always have to protect themselves and their characters and their egos, yada, yada. But Chris knows in his heart, I need to step up my game because this kid is really, really good and at any given moment if mjf decides to hit that gas i might not be able to keep up look at what happened last week i thought mjf blew chris out of the water not not so much this week oh yeah but i and i but i can't say that like you said from what happened last night and like a lot of people were critical bully and i understand it you know, when they did the whole song and dance routine and everything else, we were entertained by it. But there was a lot of, you know, pro wrestling purists were like, this is horse shit. But don't you look at that whole thing completely different now? Because now that was just part of this story that's being told. It's not just a standalone segment on a random AEW Dynamite. That's part of the story that's being told. Why? Because MJF now... According to the story that we're that's being told, was just playing Chris Jericho. So now, when I look back at that segment, look at it completely different than the day after it happened. To me, 
the final shot, and this is not brain surgery, rocket science stuff here. The final shot is all of the pinnacle standing over all of the bloodied inner circle. Not just MJF standing over a bloody Jericho. That's if if they decide to have Pinnacle go over, which I think would be the right move. I don't know what their creative is moving forward, but if they were to move forward with these two factions, Pinnacle has to go over and decimate the inner circle. Decimate them to a point where they get sympathy on the inner circle. You see, the inner circle comes out right now and Jericho's so damn entertaining and he's got his guys with them and they look cool pulling up in, you know, all of their blacked out sports cars and they looked cool last night with their wannabe aces and aces shit going on. Ha ha ha. Um, they're, they're cool, cool, cool. It's time to feel sympathy for them. I want to, I, I, I want to feel a new emotion towards the inner circle i want to feel bad for them i want to feel sympathetic towards them i want to i want to cheer so they can get up and fight back so that being said bully and we both agree that the inner circle should lose on wednesday is the only person who should at the end of the day, be fallen is Chris Jericho. Like, should that be the one guy that's flat on his back at the end of that fight? I believe they all should be. Because okay. if it's only Chris Jericho, then all of the spotlight goes on Chris Jericho. Okay. And I Jericho doesn't need any more of the spotlight. Jericho can take spotlight whenever he wants it. He can walk out there and just, in the snap of a finger, take all the spotlight from everybody. So he doesn't need it. It doesn't. We don't need predetermined spotlight on Jericho. If you ask me, this is just my opinion. I think the entire faction needs to stand tall over an entire faction. It needs to be definitive. Yes, it needs to be a, an all-out bloody war. It needs to be in uh, a war games meets ECW meets this. You know, complete anarchy. But at the end of that anarchy, there'd be a bit of five bloodied up inner circle guys in a heap, in a pile, a mess. And with and that, to, no, I, I agree with you. And you know what the even even best about this is that nobody here is holding a title belt. It's not about championships. This is what I appreciate because a lot of times we see these kind of fights where one of these individuals are holding a title and it's not about the title. I love right now that with Kenny Omega, it's all about the championship title. When it comes to the Young Bucks, it's all about the tag team championship titles. When it comes to this, you don't need championship titles because it's all about blood and guts. It's all about the feud. It's all about the fight. It's another thing I love about this feud between these two factions. And you know what you do with the inner circle if they lose and if they become a blighted up mess? You know what you do with all five guys? What's that? You get rid of them for a couple of months. Gone. Now, I don't know if the show can handle that because Tony's trying to put on the best possible show every single week. Inner circle's been a huge part of AEW. But if you want to do this story the right way and, and inner circle falls... They got to disappear. And then one day they come riding back into the sunset. 
with a sunrise or something with the sun. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. One of the notes that I took last night, uh, I find interesting that you kind of just brought up. We're on the same page here. Who did Darby beat last week? Uh, Jungle Boy. Who did Darby beat this week? Ten. Are Jungle Boy or Ten bigger stars than Darby Allen? No. Is Darby Allen getting a reaction when he beats these guys as if they were bigger stars than him. Yes. That says a lot about getting talent over. Vince McMahon on a conference call saying that we're having a problem getting talent over. Young talent over. New talent over. Whatever word you want to use. It doesn't seem like AEW is having this same problem. I listened to the thousand or so people that were in attendance last night at Daly's place, or I don't know if there was the fans were there, whoever was there reacting to the match, when Darby won against 10, I'm sorry, 10 is not really a known performer, a known star. He's, he's, He's the lower end of the card right now. It's not a knock. That just is what it is. One day he'll be on the higher end of the card, hopefully for him. But right now, lower end of the card. When Darby beat him, you would have thought Darby actually beat a somebody. People are responding to Darby. I think people would pay to see Darby retain. You know how I always talk about baby? It's hard to be a babyface world champion. Yep. Because getting people to say pay to see you retain a championship is considerably harder than getting people to pay to see you win a championship. Very few babyfaces have that quality. Now, Darby's not a world champion. He's the TV champion there, but he's getting these reactions. And every day I watch Darby, I see a step forward with his relationship with the fan base. Quality stuff. Quality stuff. And I like the matches he's been putting on. Also, it's on a, a great job by AEW. And NXT does the same thing. So kudos to NXT. Great video package before that match. So if you're watching for the first time, you understand the story of 10 and why you need to be invest, invested emotionally in 10 before that match with Darby Allen. I don't know if they mentioned this last night. And I, I might have missed it. I don't know if AEW has plans on doing this. Tell me your opinion. They're paying so much homage to Brody Lee and showing so much respect for Brody Lee, especially when it comes to that championship. Do you think the championship should be renamed? Yes. Make it the Brody Lee Television Championship? Yes. Okay. I, I, I do. I, that would especially seem like after a very, last night. Yeah. That would seem like a very AEW thing to do. I, I agree, and I think their fan base would appreciate it. All right, let's go back out to the nation. Let's go to John in California. What's going on, John? What did you want to say about AEW last night? Uh, good morning, fellas, and uh, uh, happy anniversary, belated anniversary. Um, Thank you. You know, I've been arrested. Yeah, no, you guys are awesome each and every day you're on the air. 
Um, you know, I've been a wrestling fan uh, for close to 40 years, and for me right now, AEW is clicking on a lot of cylinders. Um, you know, they have attitude kind of like reminiscent of, and I hate to draw comparisons, but, you know, the WWE back in the attitude days, they have um, high-flying lucha-style wrestling, and they have killer promos. And last night, uh, between the pinnacle and the inner circle, um, that that promo was just awesome. I mean, there was gut shots thrown. Um, and, you know, it was interesting, and I don't know if you picked up on it, and I don't know if it was purposely done, but at, at the end of the promo, when uh, Chris Jericho's music started playing, um, you know, it was such a rocking promo, literally. Um, I don't know if you noticed that uh, maybe it was how the cameraman was positioned, but uh, the picture was rocking back and forth at the end of the promo. And, uh, you know, I just think uh, they're doing a tremendous job right now. And I think it's really awesome that you guys are um, able to have an arrangement with Tony Khan to um, uh, be on the air with you on Wednesdays. I, th- I think it's great. No, I mean, and, and John, thanks for the phone call. Um, you know, Tony Khan appreciates the platform, knows that this is a good way to get word out about the show that week, and he did a great job promoting what was going to be on the show last night. And it's just great uh, getting into the mind of Tony Khan because what were everybody talking about going into yesterday is about this deal with the NHL and what's the future of AEW Dynamite. And, you know, it was good to talk to Tony Khan. Tony, like, every week... Tony Khan, he has no he had no restrictions, no parameters, nothing. You know, he didn't mention that, hey, you know, I don't want to talk about this or that. So I thought he was very, very honest. He said, hey, we signed a deal. Their deal clearly states that AEW Dynamite is on Wednesdays from 8 to 10. And if they want them to move, it would have to be beneficial to AEW. So he's obviously not ruling out the possibility of somewhere down the road moving, but he said it would have to be beneficial to AEW. And right now they're on Wednesday night. So he doesn't see them moving at all. And it's also a part of the broadcasting. And so they have other channels as well. I think that this is actually going to be extremely beneficial to AEW because it's very, very similar bully to what we saw with SmackDown on Fridays on Fox. And that is now, hey, now that SmackDown is part of the Fox family, we saw bowling. We talked about it a lot. What is the what is Fox going to do? They're going to promote SmackDown. And we saw, you know, we actually had Daryl Moose Johnston on our show about promoting SmackDown on the NFL broadcast. And it's something that they do each and every Sunday. I would think, Bully, when it comes to Major League Baseball, the NBA, and now the NHL, a lot of cross-promotion, which we've already seen, but in an even bigger way. And one thing we do know, that a lot of hockey fans are wrestling fans. This is really going to benefit them. Because if you look at USA, for example, USA, to me, looks like a channel that's on a bit of the decline. NBA, NBC no longer has the NHL package. So for me... You know, there's not a lot of crossover opportunity on USA. A lot of repeat movies, a lot of repeat reality shows and things like that. I think when it comes to a sports package, a lot more of an upside when it comes to AEW being with TNT. 
You know, when it comes to conversations like this, uh, you and Tommy, you and Mark are a lot more knowledgeable than I am. This is definitely uh, their forte. Uh, Listening to you speak, I totally agree. Listen, anything that puts more eyes on any wrestling product is good for that wrestling product. That's it. Especially right now when we can agree that pro wrestling uh, has been whittled down to its diehards, its core fan base, uh, which we're seeing, you know, reflect in ratings every single week, whether it's Raw, NXT, AEW. So if you're saying the move is good, you listen, you know, sports a lot, uh, a lot better than I do. You being associated with the NFL Network as long as you have, being a, a diehard sports fan the way you have. If you tell me that this is going to work out for AEW and be good for them, I'm on board and I believe you. All right, let's get to the busted openation. We got a lot of people on the line that want to talk. Let's go to Jerry in New York. Tell Jerry, what's going on, buddy? There, so. Jerry, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Pick up your phone, pal. I'm sorry. I gotta go, I guess. Oh, God. Dick. These phones are a real problem today. All right, let's go back out to the nation. Let's go to Shofi in New Jersey. What's going on, Shofi? Ah, there we go. What is going on to the Godfathers of Fight Nation? What's going on, buddy? I'm doing fine this morning. Um, Wanted to to show some shine to... um, uh, Penta versus Orange Cassidy last night on last night on Dynamite. I will say I found myself very entertained at the start of the match where they were just both like taunting each other with their uh, with their signature taunts, and I was really impressed with the end ring work uh, from the two throughout the match. Like they had me hooked from start to finish. Um, uh, one of the things that I wanted to note though is. I'm a bit confused as to like the character of of um of Penta. Like I was one would think that with his like recent actions that um that he uh, that he would be a heel. And he's definitely like doing some like a bunch of like healer stuff in the ring. But during the match I noticed that there were people like cheering for Penta during the match. You know what? Uh Shofi, it's a very good phone call, and I'll get to Orange Cassidy in a second, Bully. But with Penta, and I think this is kind of like outside the world of, you know, having a weekly national show that you're a part of. You know, when Penta's on, you know, on the indie scene or, you know, obviously, you know, touring a lot around the States when he wasn't part of a weekly show, he didn't have a defined heel or babyface character. So a lot of times you saw him play up to the crowd. He is definitely a heel on AEW Dynamite, but he still has that tendency at times, Bully, uh, to play up to the crowd. And he probably needs to get away from that if you're going to have the audience buy into you being a full-blown heel, which I think his character is on Dynamite. I'm glad that Shofi brought up this match because it's one of the matches that I uh, felt the need to take some notes on last night. Overall, I was entertained by the match. I just don't think Penta is the right guy to be doing the Orange Cassidy shtick. Penta is a strong wrestler. Penta is on his way up. I don't think Penta is going to be fooling around with the Orange Cassidy shtick the way he was last night. There's a way to do it 
I just don't know if last night was in Penta's best interest. Listen, if you have a, a veteran like a Jericho allowing Cassidy to do his stuff, it really doesn't hurt because Jericho's Teflon. If you have somebody who's more of a shticky character like Orange Cassidy, it doesn't hurt. Penta's like... I don't know, Dave. Are you with me so far or not? If you're not, just let me know. Penta's no, like a I little underst- too. He's aggressive and he's stiff and he's strong and he to get him to sell is even a big deal sometimes. So when I see him standing there for the orange stuff, I'm just like, oh, I don't know if this is right for this guy. All right. Well, this is an interesting conversation to have, bully, because. Orange Cassidy, obviously having that main event program with Chris Jericho, you probably look at him a little bit different than you did before. Because I think it was all kind of shtick with Orange Cassidy. But Jericho was able to put him on another level. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Now, judging from last night, because we started the show talking about how wins and losses matter in AEW, your record matters in AEW. Going into last night, Orange Cassidy was, I, I believe, number two. On the rankings. So if you're showing he's ranked number two, if you're showing he's undefeated so far this year, then logically you're going to have to go into the ring So with somebody like a Penta. So again, this is kind of where you could have some interesting developments because now you're at the crossroads with Orange Cassidy. Is Are you going to use Orange Cassidy as like a sticky type of wrestler that plays up to that AEW fan base? Or are you going to have your fan base buy in that this is a viable wrestler that could be in a main event match gunning for a championship? Anybody can be built the right way if you know how to build them the right way. So far, so good with the Orange Cassidy experiment. So far, so good with the Darby Allen experiment. So far, so good with the Jungle Boy experiment, the MJF experiment. All younger talents who are getting over with that fan base. But when I'm looking at Penta, I know what I've... Like, when I see Penta, I, I, I almost... Like, the first person that I think of is, is, is like, Pac. Mm-hmm. It's that level of aggression and style and force and just ultra like strong wrestling like that 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 what uh penta's uh uh that that mexican style of you know taking stuff registering it but not necessarily selling it if it was his brother if it was um uh Oh, no, I know. I mean, uh, God, they just had the whole angle. It mistakes me at the second, oh. but I, but I know what you're saying. Who's his brother? Ed Ray Help. Phoenix. Yes, Ray thank you. Ding, thank ding, ding. Circles gets a square. Dinty more beef stew. Uh, if it's Ray Phoenix, maybe I'm feeling it just a tiny bit more. But with Penta, I wasn't feeling it. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. I think I would have designed the match in which Orange Cassidy went to go do his shtick, but. Penta destroyed him. I would have liked to have seen Penta beat the shit out of Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy have to fight from underneath to finally get that get, get that win. Like in the opening spot, they did something where Orange Cassidy gave Penta an arm drag while he still had his hands in his pockets. I, I just don't buy that with Penta. You know what, bully? It's a good point because with Ray Phoenix, it's more about it's more about the moves. It's more about exciting and fun. 
with Ray Phoenix. With Penta, it's more aggression, and there, there's something more to it. There's a lot more grit. Than there. That's not a knock on Ray Phoenix. That's just the way Penta's character has been, even before coming to AEW. But I also have a big question about Orange Cassidy. We all love Orange Cassidy. We love his shtick. I think it's fun. I think it, 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 it plays to a lot of the AEW fan base. I don't know if I'll ever buy into Orange Cassidy or want Orange Cassidy to be in a main event program wrestling for a championship. I don't know if he's a guy that I look at to have an undefeated streak where I'm looking at him being the number one ranked wrestler on rankings. You know, it's kind of like the Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. He was a great upper mid-card wrestler that had a lot of fun, was a lot of entertainment, had a shtick. This is not a knock. I never looked at him as a main event guy fighting for the NWA World Championship. I just didn't. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I think Orange Cassidy is along those lines, in my opinion. Do you know why you feel that way? I just feel like he's a fun, entertaining wrestler. I, it's hard for me to buy into him, like vying for a champion, vying for championship gold. The reason you don't buy into him as a credible challenger for a world championship is because Orange Cassidy hasn't had the right heel in front of him yet. Maybe. Orange Cassidy hasn't had a heel that has made him fight. Orange Cassidy has not had a, a heel in front of him that has made Orange Cassidy come out of his character, outside of his comfort zone, outside of the box. I want to see Orange Cassidy have to have that moment where he realizes all this happy horse shit that I do is not going to work. I have these fists. I have these feet. I'm going to have to kick and punch and scrape and claw to win. That heel is so important to get Orange Cassidy to the next level. I get it, Bully, but there's a part of me, a big part of me that doesn't want to see that happen. Like, there's a big part of me that really Then you'll enjoys... never look at him as a champion. But, uh, and you're right. but Then he's pigeonholed. Yeah, maybe. But I love that Orange Cassidy character so much, I don't know if I want him to change. Then that's all you're going to get from him is that Orange Cassidy character. And eventually... That will become old because he'll be doing the same hands in the pocket and the same uh, kicks to the shins every single time. And remember, Dave, eventually something gets passe. Eventually something gets old. Eventually the pop diminishes just a little bit. I need to see a different side of somebody. And the only way you're going to ever see a different side of Orange Cassidy, if he's standing across from that brooding, intimidating, breathe down your neck heel. And I don't, I don't think they have, Lance Archer is not that heel. And I don't know if they, and MJF is definitely not that heel. No, and Lance Archer right now is more of a face than a heel if you're, you know, on Dynamite. So... They, th there's a certain type of heel in this industry that it, it almost doesn't exist anymore. And uh, it's hard for me to have this conversation without it s sounding self-serving. Th there's a certain type of uh, guy that when they stand there across from you, you have, as a fan, 
All you want to do is see that babyface fight. As a fan, you don't even care about the Orange Cassidy shtick anymore. I don't know what Orange Cassidy's real name is, but you start looking at him as his true self, and you start saying, hey, kid, fuck the shtick. You got to fight. Uh, sometimes the character and is you've so seen, over, you don't You've see seen that it with your own eyes I've, with yeah. that heel that I'm talking about. Yes. You've seen that heel make their baby faces fight to the extent where you knew that if that baby face didn't fight for his life, he was dead. That's what the business so desperately needs. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Bully Ray, and kind of off the heels of AEW Dynamite from last night. And of course, what we're going to see next Wednesday night with Blood and Guts. Let's bring in the man himself, the legend, the one and only Chris Jericho. Chris, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to uh, kind of see you guys again. I feel like I was just on last week. You know what? That's all right, man. There's always stuff to talk about whenever you join Busted Open. And this appearance is, again, like every other one, because after watching AEW Dynamite from last night, and, of course, the promos back and forth between you and MJF, and what we're going to see May 5th on AEW Dynamite with Blood and Guts, man, geez, Louise, Chris, awesome night last night for you and AEW. Uh, awesome use of G's Louise, uh, one of my favorite lines from I love Back to the Future. It's great, it's great <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's been a lot of fun to kind of switch from babyface to heel. Or sorry, from heel to babyface, because there is always little elements that you do that uh, make things different, and little tweaks you can make, and little uh, adjustments, and just this kind of newfound. Um, love for the babyface promo is something that uh, has been really interesting and a lot of fun to kind of delve into over the last uh, over the last month or so because I haven't been a babyface gosh maybe since 2012 
So um, there is a lot of little nuances and things along those lines that you can do to kind of have that fiery babyface promo, especially when you have a great foil like MJF. So I thought last night was was a, a classic uh, confrontation uh, for sure. Chris, one of the things that me and Dave were talking about earlier is once you get to your level in the wrestling business where you've been there, done that, worked with them all, and you're so good at what you do, it's very hard to find talents or veterans that have had more time than you or anybody for that matter who can bring you to an even higher level, who can bring even better out of you. Do you believe that MJF is bringing the best out of you that um, that you've seen in yourself in a long time? You know, it's, it's one of those things that it's kind of funny. And, and I say this with, because you know me, Bubba, I'm a, I'm a sorry, bully. I'm a humble guy. Um, I think I'm bringing out the best in MJF, uh, you know, uh, because once again, MJF is, is is great, but he's still at 25 years old, doesn't have the experiences um, that I have as far as the guys that I've been in the ring with. And whether you're in there with, you know, a rock or a, a, an Austin and you don't want to keep just going on those guys. You Cena, CM Punk, um, Edge, Kevin Owens. There's, there's guys that are just brilliant promo guys that I've had great, you know, just promo segments with them. So, yes, MJF's bringing out a, a, a different side of me, but I think it's working both ways. I think, once again, it reminds me a lot of when, when I was working with The Rock and it was very hard to kind of combat him on the microphone because he was so good. But if you could do that, you really struck gold. And that's one of the reasons why the segments I had with, 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 with Rock on the on the on the stick, as we say, we're uh, always very classic because you had a great baby face and a great heel. And when you have that combination and dynamic, it always ends up being uh, a more riveting, magical segment. So it is like that with, with, with Max. And that's one of the reasons I think why we wanted to work with each other. We, we discovered that back, I think in, in, I don't know what it was, November of 2019 or so, where we had a face-to-face promo just to try it out. Let's see how we do as, as chemistry and, and, and on air and that sort of thing. And it, and it really worked out then, and it's really working out now. So the answer is yes, but I think a lot of it has to do with kind of the situations I've been in before, knowing that when you have these, these great foils and great characters, it always works out better. I, I totally agree that you're bringing out the best in each other, but it's, it's almost expected that Chris Jericho is going to bring out the best in MJF because you're talking about a veteran and a rookie. It's kind of unheard of that this this young boy, so to speak, would be, you know, almost in my opinion, showing a side of you that I haven't seen in a long time. And I think you guys are complimenting each other pretty damn well. And And, and last night, um, you you all, uh, both groups, sold me so well on Blood and Guts that if Blood and Guts was a pay-per-view and I had to plop down my cold, hard cash to buy it, yeah. I would. And it seemed like all of you got the job done last night. Yeah, well, once again, it's one of those things um, when you only have a certain amount of time to build such a big match, you have to figure out, okay, we have three or four weeks to do this. How do you do it best? And there's some suggestions of like, okay, well, maybe, uh, you know, Sammy versus Spears and whoever wins that team gets the advantage. And I was like, I don't want 
us to even touch each other before blood and guts suddenly mike tyson becomes available so we kind of take a little bit of a, of a detour there but i still didn't want us to really be touching fighting i mean it started out with a giant beat down of the pinnacle on the inner circle and then it continued with the return you know four weeks later of the inner circle surprising the pinnacle uh in the dressing room and kind of returning the beat down and then it's like let's let's go to the the the, the promo segment and it's not just mjf and jericho because it's something that i know from my guys i mean Santana's a great promo. Ortiz is a great promo. Sammy is stumbling in to figure out how to be a, a great promo with his intensity. And Jake Hager is no slouch either. You might not know him as a promo guy, but he has something to him. Compare that too with the FTR guys. And, you know, Spears, he did a great promo last night. I had no idea what he was going to get. But you, and even Wardlow the week before, you have to give these guys a chance. Um, because it can't just always be on Jericho and MGF when you have two five-man factions. And at least for me, I won't do that. I don't want it to be Jericho and his band of merry men. It's a five-point star where everybody's uh, everyone's expected to, to kind of hold up their weight, and they're all wanting to do that. So I think this is a great case of building this match up so much. Like you said, you would pay money to see it on a pay-per-view. Uh, we've sold more tickets for this match and this show for next week than any other we've done uh, post pandemic. Uh, and I think the rating is going to, is going to reflect that as well. People are really excited about this match because we've made it intense and we've made it real in the three or four weeks that we've been given to build it up. Yeah. And, and Chris in, in your promo last night and in your promos leading up to what we saw last night, you never said me. And if you did say me, it was always me and the inner circle. You always mentioned the inner circle. So I think you're absolutely right. It's not just about you. It's yes. about the other members of this group. And I think that showed in that promo last night. Also with blood and guts. And Bully and I have been talking about this too. It's called blood and guts. So is there pressure going into next week about that title and that name, blood and guts? <laughs> um. Well, you know, I think more than anything, I mean, this, this match was, was you know, signed, sealed, and delivered for March 25th of last year. Yep. Um, you know, elite versus inner circle. It's what we it's what we had planned. And then suddenly the pandemic happens and, and everything changes. So I think more than anything, this match has been in the pipeline for so long. It's kind of been this, this I don't know, this kind of the shadow in the corner that's been kind of staring us all down because once we kind of let the cat out of the bag, when are we going to do it? And there was a big decision not to do it last year in front of an empty you know, venue. And then we came up with stadium stampede and then suddenly we move on to other things. I'm a big proponent that the match has to fit the story not a, a story just to ha have a match. For example, Hell in the Cell. Oh, we got Hell in the Cell pay-per-view coming up next month. Let's put together a three-week story and put them in the cell. And then we'll have a tag team in the cell. And we'll have a women's cell. And we'll have a midget cell. And it's like, you're just you're just prostituting this gimmick. For blood and guts, the story has to be there first. And for the first time since last March, we have this story between these two factions that right out of the gate, there's a lot of intensity and a lot of interest. So let's put it in the blood and guts. So there is a lot of... Uh, a, a lot to live up to because a lot of people are saying, Oh, you're doing it too early. We disagree. Why does the blood and guts have to happen four months down the line when it really demands to happen now? And trust me, we've got a long way to go. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns in the pipeline uh, between the inner circle, the pinnacle. And I think blood and guts, uh, if we do it the way I think we're going to do it, it's just going to kick it off at the highest of levels to where people are, are just going to want to see more and more and more and more. So, 
Um, and if you're talking about violence because it's called blood and guts, well, absolutely. I mean, of course, it's going to be a violent match, but I don't think you're going to see 10 guys, you know, sawing their heads off with light bulb tubes just because it's blood and guts. There's a story there. There's psychology there. And bully knows more than anything. It's always the story and the psychology that matters in any type of match you have rather than the actual uh, uh, gimmick uh, uh, stipulation of the match itself. If, if you can take a blood and guts-esque match and put psychology to it, it's going to make it even that much more enjoyable. And I think that's what you, you're you especially going to bring to the table. Uh, I want to ask a question about the overall show. Um, me and Dave often talk about AEW tightening its own screws as an overall company. And from watching the two-hour show every week, I see in the past four weeks the product getting better, a better flow to the show, um, being able to digest segments better. Last time you were on with us a couple of weeks ago, you said that you're very involved in your own stuff. And, and if people come around and ask you questions, you're more than happy to answer. But basically, you live in your own world. Have you seen the show getting better with your own eyes? And are you happy the way the product looks on TV every week? Yeah, I really am. And it wasn't like I was saying that kind of in a, a egotistical way um, because I am involved kind of some in some of the overall um you know, uh, backstage ideas and thoughts. I mean, we, we, we have, you know, production meeting now before the show that really wasn't happening a lot. We have an agents meeting, a coaches meeting before the show that wasn't happening before. And the reason for those is to make sure that we don't kind of have the same thing happening, um, you know, twice. We don't want to have, you know, a beat down with a, I don't know, a coffee cup in segment two and have a beat down with a coffee cup in segment three because nobody kind of uh, coordinated with that with anybody else. And I think you'll see a lot more of that over, over the next little while because we were realizing we are doing some of the same things, similar things uh, in the same show. Uh, how can we eliminate that? Because if Jericho's worried about his stuff and Kenny and, and Don are worried about their stuff and Cody's worried about his stuff, we all know what we're doing, but sometimes we don't really express that to each other and suddenly sometimes things are a little bit similar. So we've been really working on that. And I think, like you said, it's really been paying off to that. We are kind of not stepping on each other's toes and still allowing everybody to be creative and, uh, and, and have some awesome ideas and just make sure that we're kind of staying out of each other's uh, zip codes um, throughout each week when you're doing kind of a lot of these intricate things. You know, Chris, uh, I moved last summer, my family and I moved, and I started finally getting to clean up a little bit. So I was going through some old magazines, and I found a Metal Edge magazine from over 20 years ago. We used to have an article uh, called Metal is Jericho. And in this article, and I found it very interesting because I think it does relate to what's going on in the world of pro wrestling right now. And you're talking about the band Kiss. And it was right, you know, at the time of the Farewell Tour, which... Obviously, it turned out to not be the farewell tour back in 2000. And you talked about how disappointed you were because Kiss, you felt in the 90s, was doing a really good job of reinventing themselves, coming up with the new catalog of music that the fans really enjoyed. And then you went to the same old, same old. And now where do you go? And it's almost like this is a fitting end. End it now because now you're relying on the old hits and it's not really clicking and it's not really working. Not to bring in another organization, but Vince McMahon recently said about Monday Night Raw uh, about how they haven't been able to create superstars. They have a, all this whole new talent, but yet they're not able to create superstars, and that's why the Raw rating is suffering. Bully and I were talking earlier in the show 
And I think AEW Dynamite last night was a good reflection of it, especially when you look at the main event the last two weeks. AEW has had no problem uh, building superstars. Is it all about opportunity? Is it all about just trusting your talent and putting them in a successful place in order to succeed? Well, I mean, um, you know, once again, WWE is WWE, we're AEW, and our goal from the start was to make new stars because that's what wrestling's all about. It always has been. It, um, and if you look at uh, last week's show where we had Darby versus Jungle Boy in the main event and you have Sheeta versus Tay Conti in the main event, those are two kind of uh, uh, f- fence post sh- uh, matches on our show, and they both did a great number. And I think that's proving, I mean, we've made Darby Allen into a legit main event draw. I mean, last night he's in the main event with 10 for yes. God's sakes, and he'll probably do a good number. That's, I, I give us full Barry Horowitz pat on the back for that because we set out to do it and we did it. It's not hard to do. Pick the right guy and just stick with him. Um, pairing Darby with Sting. And so he's got that rub. I mean, Sting is almost Darby's, uh, uh, um, I'm not going to say lackey, but he's almost Darby's second at this point. And that's probably exactly what he should be. And and if you look at what we've done with Jericho and MJF and Sammy Guevara and, and you know, Pride, uh, uh, Santana Ortiz and Wardlow, and, and that's another aspect. I mean, we, we are building these guys and girls because it can't just be Jericho versus Cody versus Kenny over and over and over again, nor would we want it to be. So um, I, someone asked me last night, hey, Jericho versus Sting has never happened. What a dream match. Yeah, it's a dream match. It's something we might do. Um, it's not something that's a priority for me because I think people would see that a different way than you would see Darby versus Sting or, or Jericho versus Darby. That's what excites me because we need to build these guys. And when you see the ratings that we're getting because of it, oh, my gosh, it's working. And there's a whole shitload of guys and girls in the pipeline that we could talk about that are there and ready to go. And Jungle Boy, I wanted to work with him last year. And then, oh, well, I don't want to do it in front of no people. Let's wait a couple months. Little do we know it'd be a year later. It's time to pull the trigger on Jungle Boy. And when we put him in the main event, he draws this great number. You can see, man, people like this kid. Uh, so it's something that we're very uh, cognizant of and we're very serious about it and we're not afraid to pull the trigger to put these guys on in these big spots to see if they draw a rating and bingo nine times out of ten they do which is great to see you know listening to you talk about how to get younger talent over I almost want to put my head through a wall because you're just reiterating things that obviously I talk about on the show it really is easy if you have the right guy and you put them in there with the other right guy, it's going to work. And if you play their strengths, it's going to work. One of the things that amazed me last night was the reaction and the pop that Darby got when he beat 10. Listen, 10 is is a lower on the card guy. But the people that were there responded as if Darby Allen beat a fellow main eventer. And I think that speaks to the strengths of Darby Allen and the strengths of the company helping to get him over. You're so right. Sting is being used in the right way as kind of a garnish for Darby right now. I now find myself looking at Darby first and Sting second. And when, when you have a situation like that, the sky's the limit for guys like Darby or Orange or MJF or or, yeah. or a Tay, who I think is a future superstar. That's got to give you a sense of pride and accomplishment, knowing that you're helping creating these stars from the ground up. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where, um, I mean, even you mentioned Orange Cassidy, like, like last year, uh, we had this great 14 week kind of feud between the two of us. And once again, I would have loved to have seen that in front of a crowd, but you can't hold off everything in the middle of this pandemic. So we did do it. And I, originally did not get the orange Cassidy gimmick. I didn't understand it at back. I even go as far as to say that I didn't like it. And then I started really watching this guy pre pandemic at every single show he's getting over huge. And I was like, he's doing something different. And that's what wrestling's all about. I want to work with this guy and help him grow. He's another guy that, that when we put him in big segments, orange draws ratings because we've put him in that position. So when Vince goes to the investors and says, you know, the raw rings are down because we haven't created new stars. That's completely on you guys. Cause we, we, we knew from the start, we had to make stars because a lot of the guys on our show bucks and Kenny included hangman page. Um, um, you know, I said it on the Broken Skull Sessions. They weren't known on a national level, you know, a national network television level. And we've built them up. And then suddenly all of these kind of the second wave of guys and girls are getting in there. And now AW is dangerous because we have 12 people that you can put in the main event at any point in time. Um, and next week, next month, it'll be 14 people. You can do that. And to me, that's just smart booking and the, and the, the it, it's what any professional sports team does. If you're talking about the Rangers, you're talking about the Knicks, you're talking about the Giants, you want to build next year's all-star team starting now. And that's what we did. And it, like I said, it's really working. When you see those ratings coming through, I do take great pride in it because I feel once again, that because I was with AW when it started and I was kind of the first face of the company, when there's more faces now, that just shows we're doing things right. Well, Chris, you talk about the increase. You talk about the increase in ratings. You talk about the increase about uh, building stars. Another thing that I feel is going to increase, and we talked about this as well today, is now exposure. Because a lot of people are talking about this seven-year deal with the NHL, and they look at it in a way like, oh, my gosh, what is this going to do to Dynamite? Could they possibly move? Blah, blah, blah. But I look at this as such a bonus for AEW because now you're going to be on a channel that's got – Major League Baseball, NBA, and now the NHL. The crossover possibilities, uh, the way that AEW Dynamite is going to be promoted with major sports exposure, I I think this is going to be a win-win for AEW Dynamite moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't really worry about that. I mean, we've gone head-to-head with NBA games before and beat them. So I, I don't really see the NHL as being a real competition for AEW, just like I didn't see NXT as being a real competition for AEW. There's nothing we can do over uh, on who's going to be put on the air uh, across the table from us, so to speak. We're just going to continue to keep doing what we're doing. And listen, if TNT and TBS becomes the sports station, that's great because we are doing great numbers. Uh, the demo god thing is not something I made up. It's the truth. Our demos are always high. So um, that just puts us more in the spotlight. Like you said, if, if we go to an NHL game and do some commentating or sit in the crowd and wave, and then suddenly, you know, Sidney Crosby shows up to an AEW show because that's what they want to do. And he's sitting next to Shaq to talk about NBA tonight and all that other stuff. It just makes us more of a mainstream uh, entity. So yeah, it's great. It's great that that TNT got the NHL package. Um, so it probably is going to enhance our show rather than take away from it because we won't allow it to do it any other way. Any updates on the tour with Fozzie? Uh, how's things looking for you guys? You and I were just talking about this the other day about the Motley Crue tour. I think that September is when Fozzie's going back out. Uh, we had a tour that was postponed four times. 
Um, but it seems September's the time. There's a lot of other bands that are going out. I saw Sticks is going out. I saw uh, a Collective Soul, and I saw Sammy Hager and uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly just did a big show in Jacksonville last week. So more and more uh, bands are going out, and there's lots of talk about AW going back on the road too, which would be great because the city of Jacksonville has been awesome to us. But man, it's, it's time for us to go around the country and see some of our friends that we haven't seen in over a year. So I think we're all almost at that point hopefully in july august september where there'll be more rock and roll shows and, and hopefully some wrestling shows in our backyards again speaking of fozzy does my top 10 fozzy songs of all time make the jericho book i don't think it made the book but there's oh. something you wrote in there yeah it, it'll, it'll, go, it'll go on the fozzy book it'll go on the fozzy book <laughs> you wrote something for for the book though dave legreca's top 10 uh Jack off moments about Jericho, whatever the hell you wrote. I can't remember. What oh, it was. that made the book the Jack off moments. It did. It did. It was awesome. <laughs> Talk about the book because, you know, when is that going to be released? Because I know there's been a lot of delays yep. and it took a while because of the pandemic. When are we going well, to? It's funny. That the, 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 pand- the pandemic struck in strange places. Uh, it's it, it struck book publishing uh, and it struck uh, for the bubbly. The second edition I wanted. um gold foil but gold foil wasn't available because of the pandemic but silver foil was uh, <laughs> yeah exactly like what are you talking about but june 23rd is finally the release date for the book nice. jericho30.com uh and and like i said once we kind of mentioned in broken skull the sales started going through the roof again the pre-sales the pre-orders but once you see this thing i think every wrestling fan uh and every jericho fan is going to be interested in it because it's like nothing that i've ever seen before and once i get an actual physical copy i'll send one to you guys to check it out because if you thought the history book was great bubba 25 years ago this is gonna blow it away it's the best coffee table book ever i was in this like really eclectic uh store in asbury park the other day buying a bong for a friend of mine for a birthday present and i turned around (laughs) and there was a brand new uh still in plastic wrap um uh on vinyl destroyer (laughs) And I know you can get vinyl anywhere these days. You know, I know it's making a comeback, but just to see Destroyer on vinyl. And I was like, I'll take it. I I was so excited to get it. I felt like a little kid again buying a Kiss record, especially Destroyer on vinyl. It was awesome. All right. We only got 90 seconds. So I'm going to ask you a question, Chris, that Bully has asked me on the air before. If you had a time machine, what band would you go see? And at what time would you see that band? Oh, dude, that's so easy, man. The Beatles in Hamburg. I went to the Star Club in 93. I used to hang out there and the Kaiser Keller in in Hamburg where the Beatles obviously used to play there for like six hours at a time, taking Benny's and speed to stay awake for that long. And this place is a freaking dump. It smells like beer. The floor is sticking. I'm like, can you imagine seeing the band that would change the world forever for six hours hopped up on speed uh, in this club. So that'd be one. And the other one that that I'm sure bully and I would do is I would love to go to the sunset strip in 1988 and put my Fozzie flyers up all over the guns and roses flyers so that they wanted to fight me like they did warrant. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. I I would actually take a time machine to 2000 and see Fozzie so I could finally hear feel the burn live, but Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that will never probably be heard again, but we used to play that for a few years, Dave. 
God forbid you don't play your best song live. But, you know, I <laughs> Gee, guess thanks. there's always those bands that have those obscure hits. Anyway, uh, Chris, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. And really looking forward to next Wednesday night and uh, Blood and Guts. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.